3: This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio
0: 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, first and foremost, I have to tell you how personally thrilled and, and gratified I was to be able to do that two-hour special on sports parenting this past Thursday evening. Now, if you didn't happen to hear it, well, the good news is that it's uh, it's posted on WFAN.com as a podcast. You can just find the link on WFAN.com, uh, find the link to yours truly, and then listen to the sports parenting wisdom from such notables as Dr. James Andrews, a former NFL star, Roman Oben, uh, Sonia Curry, the mother of Steph and Seth Curry, and Wayne Mazzoni, of course, uh, who's been on the show many times talking about the, the pitfalls to avoid when it comes to your kid and being recruited for colleges. I got to tell you, I was absolutely uh, very, very happy with the, re, uh, the feedback and reviews I got on the show. It was a lot of fun to put together, and I thank you all for, uh, for calling in. I know it was tough to get through on Thursday night uh, with all those great guests, but it was a terrific experience. Now. On this morning show, in fact, I thought we'd do kind of a, a brief recap or summary of uh, the key points that were made during those two hours. as I said, I know a lot of you tried to call in, but it was tough to get through. The lines were jammed uh, but hopefully today, if you have some thoughts or comments, you can just give me a shout here of course at one eight seven seven Three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let me again go through a quick uh, rundown of some of the notes that I jotted down in talking to these these sports parenting experts. And let me begin with Dr. Uh, James Andrews, the the noted uh, orthopedic surgeon. Uh, you know, it's funny, Dr. Andrews. I'm gonna guess he's probably in his mid seventies, but he was uh, very sharp, very outspoken in his concerns about kids throwing too hard all the time as young pitchers, um, and as a consequence, kids today in their teenage years, they very much run the risk of serious arm injuries. Dr. Andrews noted that uh, Tommy John surgeries are with, t- with teenagers in particular are at an all-time high, and the numbers continue to climb uh, each year. Uh, that's obviously very, very uh, concerning. Um, he was also very adamant about getting the word out to youth coaches and to high school and travel baseball coaches that kids who throw at full max velocity all the time, these are the kids who in particular are really setting themselves up for a real serious injury. Uh, Young arms are not put together in such a way that a kid can go out every day and throw full max. And I know, of course, with kids playing on travel teams or high school teams, and they're eager to go out and please and show what they can do, Uh, but if they keep throwing every day at full max, as Dr. Andrews says, this is not good. And we have to get our kids and our coaches all on the same page, and the parents in particular, because the parents are the ones who are basically chauffeuring the kids from, from one game to another. You gotta understand, throwing hard when you're 14 or 15, you can't do it all the time. You've got to take some time off for the kid's arm to recuperate and to, uh, to basically sort of lay out and chill out for a bit. You just can't do this. Otherwise, you're looking at serious possible concerns with their shoulder, their elbow, their arm in general. You just can't do that. Uh, he also made it very clear. This is Dr. Andrews I'm talking about. And he said it on the record that kids should not throw curves or sliders until they can shave. And again I'll say it again Dr. James Andrews he said you know this is uh, this is very clear to him kids should not be throwing any kind of curveball sliders until they're old enough to shave and his estimation that would make them around 14 or 15 so that is something that I know we've talked about many many times here on the show about what's the right time uh, age for kids to throw um, and I know that uh, my colleague Steve Callis and myself have covered this topic. You know why is it that kids are still being allowed to throw curves and sliders at the little league level? I mean, some years ago, Little League Baseball CEO Steve Keener it came on on the Sports Edge, and he said he would prefer that kids not throw curveballs, but that neither he nor Little League Baseball could figure out a way to prevent that from happening. And I gotta tell you. I told Steve, Steve Keener, that you can stop this by simply empowering the umpires who work the games to to first first uh, issue a warning uh, to the kid on the mound uh, and to the coach as well, and say, you know, you're throwing a curveball slider. Stop doing it. And if the kid continues to do it, just stop the game. And just gently tell the youngster, you know what, we're trying to do this to prevent arm injuries uh, to to your career, so we're going to remove you from the game and put you out in the outfield or some other position in the field, but you cannot keep throwing curves and sliders. And I think that's the very simple way to do it. The umpires know exactly what's going on, and I still think that's the way to do it. I mean, Dr. Andrews, you know, did say, he said, you know, if a kid is taught properly how to throw a curveball, well, okay. But he neatly said, the problem is that very, very few little league or youth coaches know how to teach the right mechanics to throw a curveball. And, you know, he, he, he was very upset about this. And he just said, it has to stop because all I do is I keep seeing more and more kids uh, in their teenage years having to have to uh, perform Tommy John surgery on them. And he said, quite frankly, it's very difficult to to operate on kids uh, when they're teenage years and their shoulder and their arm, their elbow, because they're still developing. It's not like they're in their mid-20s, they're still growing when they're 15 or 16. It's very, very, uh, very much troublesome to Dr. Andrews. By the way, he also said, and a caller mentioned, uh, asked about kids using weighted baseballs uh, to build up arm strength. And once again, Dr. Andrews said, you know, I know it's very popular, But it's not good because if you start using a weighted baseball, it's heavier than a normal baseball, to build up arm strength, what you're going to do is you're going to screw up your your natural rhythm and mechanics, and that's going to cause problems in terms of potential uh, injuries. So he was very, very outspoken, Dr. Andrews. And again, this is is the oracle. This is the guru. This is the man who has lived his entire career uh, working on top arms uh, of top athletes, top baseball players everywhere. So again, I was very, very eager to hear his thoughts about that. Uh, you know, and I, again, I, I, was just for starters. Let me, um, let me take some calls about this before I turn to Sonia Curry and her thoughts about raising kids as well. Let's go to our friend Rob out in Lake Success. Hey, good morning, Rob. You're on the fan.
2: Thank you for taking the call. I want to say that was one of the best shows I've ever heard on the fan. It was, it was riveting. I, and, and I'm so glad you got that opportunity. I'll try to make it quick, because I, I was thinking about and, Dr. Andrews. Number one, I've been a fan of his as a physician, my, You know, myself, uh, right. following him along his career and what, what he's done for, for his orthopedics. Um, well, as a podiatrist, I deal with the Achilles tendon injuries, and you know, th- those. He, there was a question, I remember, they, uh, on one call about over 40, you know, the recreational athlete, yes. that's a very common injury. They, they go out and they play, and they, they're not used to the force and jumping, and that's where the Achilles tendon, and an elderly uh, or a middle-aged uh, athlete will, will will tear their Achilles. But one thing I was what I wanted to what I was fascinated by was the curveball. And and you know he, what he was saying with the kids. As when I was a kid, we didn't, we didn't we weren't allowed to really throw curveballs in little league. It was something that was even back then scorned against. And I think what he was basically I agree with him the torque on the on the on the um, elbow from the snapping of the of that wrist right. action. Those, those tendons at youth at the youth level are so premature. The, the, the growth plate hasn't closed yet, and injuries when can happen so easily. And I think it's the mechanics. It's the way it's taught. If it's taught properly, like you said, and what he said, I guess it's okay. But, unfortunately, it's, it's, not really, it's not really taught the way it should be, and I don't think the coaches have the true knowledge. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. When I was playing in high school, so I, did, I couldn't hit a lick, but I, could, I was a lefty so I could pitch. I was taking the two fingers and putting it on the seam. Was that the correct way to throw I'm mean, even asking at this stage of my life to throw <laughs> the curveball, the two fingers on one of the seams, and you have to snap that wrist going forward. Is, is that the correct way to do did it? That,
0: Rob, that's the way I learned as well, that uh, you put the two fingers on the right seam, but the key to all this, as you just a- alluded to, is you had to snap it off. Uh, uh, the right. snap is the torque that causes the stress on the elbow, uh, and yeah. you know, uh, this, is, this is what Dr. Andrews was talking about. He said, yeah, if you have a youngster and somebody can teach them the proper mechanics of throwing a curveball or a slider, okay, but he said... Very, very few of these youth coaches know how to teach this. It's a very delicate kind of approach, and it's difficult to execute, particularly when you're only 13 or 10 or, or 14 years old.
2: Rick, I must say, it was, it was really fascinating, and, and I think going forward, I think that's the, the main thing. I think the curveballs, it's because, you know, I've done the anatomy on these things in, in, in medical school, the, these these. Tendons and ligaments, especially the only collateral ligament, which is Tommy John, it right. is so small. It's literally an inch. And it's, you know, and, and that thing gets torn, it's gone, and and, and, and well, it's basically from overthrowing. One last thing, Rick. We don't hear much about the rotator cuff anymore. W- what do you think? And I would love to. That's why I was hoping you'd ask him. That was an injury back in the day, the rotator cuff injuries. You seem to hear all Tommy John. What's your thought on the so- the shoulders? Why aren't we really hearing more? Sho- or maybe we are. You you would know more than I would. But my that sense is seem to that- be out there.
0: Uh, torn rotators are still very much a concern, uh, but it happens mostly with, and again, I'm hardly an orthopedic surgeon, but my impression is it happens more uh, later on after a lot of wear and tear on pitcher's arms and pitcher's shoulders, as opposed to the, uh, the ulnar nerve being snapped or cut or torn very quickly early on when the kid's still developing. But no, there's no question that rotator cuff surgery is still a big deal. It takes, what, a year and a half to come back? It's, it's a right, big yeah, deal. That, it, a lot
2: of golfers get that kind of an injury because, you know, the same type of thing from the rotation and, and snapping, their, you know, their shoulders forward and stuff like that. Rick, thank you very much for Rob, letting me get in, chime in this morning and, and well, always listening, buddy.
0: <laughs> thank you so much, Rob. Thank you so much for your nice comments as well. Let's go quickly over to uh, to Rich up in Stormville, New York. Rich, good morning. You're on the fan. Good
4: morning, Rick. How are you? Good, Rich. Yeah, um, I was involved with an AAU organization for uh, 10 years uh-huh. and I developed. Kids from 10 years old to 18. Unless um, that curveball, the overhand curveball is taught properly, the wrist has to um, fall out at a certain angle. Um, they're going to get hurt. I was a proponent of the knuckle curveball, which is throwing uh, like a two-seam fastball. And I-, I had a son that took him into college, basically, with it. Um, people could hit it. And then bought him a changeup. He had a major league changeup in high school, uh, left-hander.
5: Mm-hmm. You, you
4: know, those are the pitchers that they should be developing them with the, with the fastball, the two-seam and the four-seam, because they're going to get different looks in, out, up, down. You don't need that overhand curveball at a young age. Like you, like the previous caller said, that nerve and the and the growth plate are not closed. They don't close till 17, 18 years old.
0: Sometimes. Correct. You know, Rich, I agree with you, and, uh, and uh, thank you for your, your call this morning. Um, I will say this. One, I, I don't understand – well, I do understand. There's a tremendous uh, obsession that with pitchers in their teenage years, that the only way they were ever – get any attention from a college coach or from a pro scout is as if, as if they're throwing 90 miles an hour on a consistent basis that seems to be the the goal for all these kids who go out and throw at full max or throw you know curves or sliders you know the fact is there are so many ways to get to the big leagues uh if you can confer, for example you mentioned a knuckle curve don't even mention a knuckle curve there are no kids today throwing knuckle balls now, knuckleballers were routinely around for years and years and years because they were so hard to hit. But these days, there's only a few guys who are throwing knuckleballs in the big leagues. And honestly, if you can throw a knuckleball with a little bit of c- control, you can make a real career for yourself. And Rich also mentioned change-ups. Change-ups are a huge deal. I mean, you talk to any top major league pitcher, they will tell you that, by and large, once they've developed and mastered the ability to change speeds and throw a change-up, that puts them into a much higher level of, of ability because they can control and change speeds and change uh, the momentum so the batter can't really figure out you know, how, to, how to lock on to a fastball. Trust me, guys at the big league level, they can all hit fastballs no matter how fast they're coming in for the most part. So that's, that's again, knuckleballers, and, and learning how to throw a changeup, it is absolutely critical for young pitchers to master and to learn. All right, let me, let me take a pause here. I want to continue more to get back. Uh, John Minko has your update. When I return from John's update, we'll talk more about what Sonia Curry had to say about specialization and, and her kids. And, of course, we'll take your calls at one 337 6666 Radio.com. Welcome back to the Sports Edge, everyone. This is Rick Wolf. I'm doing a brief recap of the points that were made from this last Thursday's evening a special, two-hour show about the future of sports parenting. Uh, I do want to talk about Sonia Curry, who had some pretty fascinating uh, stories and insights into raising her own kids. Let me quickly, though, uh, take a call from Tom over in Brick, in uh, New Jersey. Tom, good morning. You're on the fan.
6: Good morning, Rick. I yes, sir. Say commissioner, because uh, I still believe that you. Athletics needs a commissioner. Oh, and I, yeah.
0: <laughs> I do, too. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, Tom, that's the way to go. We desperately need one, for sure.
6: This, today, I can tell you, uh, <laughs> I've been involved in youth baseball for over 40 years.
5: Uh-huh.
6: I love it. But what's going on today, with if a kid 10 to 13 years of old can escape that age group without a major arm injury is a miracle because these parents are really going nuts i know of uh kids that play babe ruth and little league at the same exact time correct and that's true insane who's going to protect these kids
0: Tom, you would like to hope and think that the parents would intervene and say, now, wait a minute. I know my my 10-year-old, 11-year-old loves baseball and loves to pitch and pitch a lot, but he can't be pitching every day in a different team. That's going to be totally destructive. Uh, he may not get to the age of uh, being a, a kid in high school pitching on the varsity team because his arm has been ruined. Uh, it's funny, uh, Tom, uh, Dr. Andrews told a story on the air. This is Dr. Andrews now we're talking about, saying that he was going watching one of his uh, grandsons play uh, youth league baseball. He said the kid was in third or fourth grade, and he was watching the coach teaching these young kids how to throw a curveball. (laughs) And I'm thinking, this is Dr. Andrews in the stands who is the biggest vocal coach, Credit critic of, of kids throwing curveballs, and his own grandson is being taught how to throw a curveball by, by some youth coach. The kid's uh, you know probably eight or nine years old. It's just out of control, and I. I, I understand it's a problem, and even, even Dr. Andrews said, he said, you know, I sure wish the, the folks in Little League Baseball would tell the guys in ESPN, stop, stop referring to the kids throwing breaking balls in the Little League World Series and being so uh, admiring them so much. Just That's not good for those kids and their future. So it is a real I problem, know,
6: you know. I know one thing that may save these children, and it's the insurance company. The insurance companies know uh, football causes concussions. Overuse of youth arms causes a lot of problems. Yeah. Somebody's got to pay for them.
0: Well, and that's right.
6: right. I'm surprised that the insurance companies haven't triggered this out.
0: Well, I think that's a good point, Tom, and thank you, thank you for checking in this morning. It's greatly appreciated. I do think at some point the insurance companies are going to rise up and say, hey, wait a minute now somebody's paying for all these arm injuries, it's us, and we want this to stop. And so we're going to put our, put our foot down and say, stop putting your kid through so much of this this ongoing pressure to compete and throw at full max. Uh, in much the same way, I think we're going to see a lot of insurance companies are going to say to high schools, saying, you know, I'm not sure we want to keep insuring your high school football team for all concussions and concerns with that. So, again, it, it's something that it may be happening sooner than we think. Well, we'll see what happens. Let me quickly about Sonia Curry, because I just want to shift in what she had to say. Now, Sonia Curry, she was a, a Division I uh, volleyball player in college. That's where she met her husband, Dell Curry of Virginia Tech. Dell, of course, went on to uh, a, a long career in the NBA, and was obviously a great baseball player. Was drafted a couple of times uh, as a baseball pitcher. But when they were raising their kids, and you know, obviously, who Steph Curry is and who Seth Curry is, uh, when they were growing up, uh, Sonja was very clear about this that first of all those two kids her boys were usually the smallest kids on their teams they were not big strong physical specimens they were small they were quick but they were small and number two they never specialized in a sport they played all sorts of things they played basketball and soccer and and golf and tennis and everything else they didn't really get into basketball specializing until they were in high school so here is a mom telling us on the air saying I don't understand why so many parents figure their kid has to specialize in one sport. From our perspective, all we wanted our kids to do was to really enjoy the sports they wanted to play and really build upon the the, the joy they had from playing those sports. That was key for them. Simple as that. She also mentioned that her kids were late bloomers, which I think is often overlooked when it comes to to kids today in sports, that her boys didn't grow uh, until they were really seniors in high school. And then, even through college, and she said, even into their early 20s, they were still growing. So she said, that's something people talk about very often that kids don't just peek out usually when they're, you know, 16 or 17 or 18. Many days, many times, they just keep on growing. It's as simple as that. Let's, uh, let's get to uh, Jack Smithlin, who had some thoughts about uh, this as well. And Jack, uh, I know you spoke to Sonia on the air, you got through. Tell us uh, what's, what's on your mind today with all this.
1: Well, first of all, Rick. Um the show was just fabulous and you know it's funny because i was thinking about wfan and you know what they're what you know doing something like this and maybe even doing something more on a regular basis would be would be excellent because you know a lot of people refer to wfan as a sports radio show for Mm -hmm. professional sports and top college sports well when you do a show like that, Rick, that you did on Thursday, you're reaching out to every single person that is related to athletics, parents, kids, grandparents. So what WFAN is doing in my, in, in my eyes is they're expanding. They're getting out there and, and touching every single person, male, female, that are related to athletics. Um, I did get to, to talk to Sonia Curry and, you know, we talked about specialization. And I did a little research, you know, after one of your shows a while back about specializing. And I found that, you know, most of the NFL players, all positions were, were they didn't specialize. Correct. They were multiple sport athletes. And I did, a, I did research and I, and I looked up some of the great superstars that we know today like a a guy like, you know, um, Michael Jordan and the Mannings and these guys, 90% of the people that I researched were multiple sport athletes. So when you're talking about what college coaches look for and professional coaches look for, they look for that all-around athlete. Right. So talking about the show, I don't want to get into the topics, but Sonia was great. I love listening to her. You know, it it was great to know that her superstar kids, uh, herself, you know, herself and her and her husband were all multiple sport athletes. But you know, listening to Rob before, I mean, I wish he could have gotten to talk to Dr. Andrews. That would have been a great conversation to listen to. Yep. So you know, Rick, just keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) You know, just keep informing the people, and hopefully, the people at Fan open their eyes, and actually understand the importance of what your show does. And, you know, you're one of the reasons I'm doing the things I am today, and Rob is also a big part of that. You know, I'm doing a radio show out on Long Island, and I do a lot of the topics that you talk about, and I've had a lot of success in the few shows that I've done. So I want to thank you for that. And, you know, once again, hopefully FAN looks at what you do, and they understand the importance.
0: Well, and Jack, those don't are... Forget to, yeah.
1: Don't forget to mention your book, still. Yeah. Because,
0: um, <laughs> I'll they're amazing to those. books. Thank, thank you so much, Jack. And, you know, let's be honest. Uh, Jack Smithlin has been a tremendous contributor to the show uh, over the years, as has been Rob Freed. Uh, and, and all of you have been such good friends and colleagues uh, because we all share this passion, not just for sports, because uh, we all grew up as athletes, but now that we're you know, grown-ups and, and adults and have kids of our own or grandchildren, we want the same joy and fun for them as we had. And we know that as sports evolve and money becomes a factor and, and we know that it, times are changing, that we, we try to do the best we can to make sure that, that fun, those smiles, those good times, the camaraderie, still stays intact for the next generation of athletes, which is why I wanted to do that show last Thursday because I wanted to make, do a sort of a uh, a check to make sure with all these top people uh, in sports they felt the same way and obviously they did so thank you all for your your, your great contributions and your insights and as jack just mentioned, yeah. You look at any any top draft. I think last year the NFL, uh, the the their first round draft picks, uh, something like ninety percent of them were guys who did not just play football. They played all different sports growing up. Uh, in fact, when I was talking with Roman Oben. Uh, who's on the show on Thursday, the former great NFL uh, tackle for many years, uh, played with the Giants early on in his career for several years, and now he's with the NFL's Youth and High School Football Strategy. He was saying that his own son's played a variety of sports growing up, as he did as well. Uh, There's no need to specialize. Uh, Let the kids go and do what they want to do. And if they will eventually are good enough and talented enough and work hard enough, then their their talents will come through in a big, big way. But there's no reason to specialize. In fact, speaking of Roman, you know, I asked him because his current his son, RJ, who's a, who's a defensive end at Duke and was a big uh, high school star over in St. Peter's in, in New Jersey uh, in high school. You know, he was saying to me that uh, his son is right now uh, recuperating from a torn labrum. And, uh, you know, I said, how do you handle that as a former NFL player and not your own son is going through some setbacks, some adversity? He said, the first thing is, as a parent, you got to make sure that you don't, show your own inner anxiety to your son or to your daughter. They're looking for cues as to how they should behave. So you know as a grown-up and, of course, in Roman's case, he went through a long career in the NFL. He knows about injuries. He said, no, just reassure your son or daughter they're going to be fine. Just make sure you listen carefully to what the doctor or the, the physical therapist, whoever it might be, has to say about the care and treatment. Reassure your kid they're going to be doing well. In fact, tell them when they come back and they're fully healed, their body's actually going to be stronger than they are now because they've gone through more strengthening and more physical therapy so he said you got to take this very seriously but again do the right thing for your son and be the act the role as the strong grown-up as the adult because they're looking for you for some real direction on this He also talked obviously about what's happening with concussions that's always a big big concern for us uh, in terms of high school parents and kids who play youth football and Roman said look the, the fact is the, we are finding that we can cut down on the number of concussions that are suffered by kids by uh, really eliminating uh, the amount of physical contact uh, during practice sessions. And As we know, that's happened uh, in pretty much every state in the country, New Jersey in particular has led the way in reducing the amount of physical contact during practices. The NFL has eliminated a lot of the, uh, the contact between players during their practice weeks. And a number of the college conferences are also reducing the physical contact, and of course, the less physical contact, the fewer concussions take place. I thought that was pretty interesting. And he said, "Look, in terms of a, of a parent deciding on their kid to play football or not, that's a parental choice that only you, as a mom or dad, can make. It's it's as simple as that. You really can't, you really can't, uh, you know, mandate." what you're going to do for your your kid or not do you make that decision as quickly as uh, as well as you possibly can let's get another call let's go over to uh to uh Louie at Lindbrook hey good morning Louie you're on the fan
7: hey rick love your show as always thank you uh, i really uh, you do such a service for all the people we really appreciate you just thank to you, let you know that uh the reason for my call is uh i know you're talking about baseball injuries yes. and uh, the shoulders the arms everything I want to bring up the the problem of ACL knee injuries for uh, especially for women, which are four to eight times more likely than men to get these uh, alarming season ending injuries. Right. I believe the, the kids are practicing too much, and the bodies aren't getting enough rest. And I think the coaches are making a big mistake by practicing too much and not allowing the kids uh, with enough rest. Uh, there was a thirteen year NCA study with female soccer players, and uh, they found out. uh, that the women have three times more ACL injuries than the men. So something needs to be done about this. Well, Lou,
0: this this is actually a curious observation. Um... You are absolutely correct that uh, medical science, a lot of researchers have shown that uh, women, girls, uh, suffer many more times uh, ACL injuries than than men do. A few years ago, I had Dr. Robert Marks, M-A-R-X. He's a top uh, knee surgeon over at the hospital for special surgery. He came on the show. He'd written a book about this phenomenon, uh, and I said to Dr. Marks, I said, well, what can women do, what can moms and dads, coaches do to prevent these ACL injuries in in girls? And he said, the truth is, there's not a lot you can do. It's just the way the human body, the female body is put together. Uh, he, In his book, uh, and again, I forget the title, but obviously it deals with ACLs, uh, and you can find it on Amazon. It's by Dr. Robert Marks. Uh, he does go through a bunch of drills. Exercises, strengthening maneuvers that uh, that girls and women can do to prevent these injuries. But as you said, Lou, you looked at any any college girls' basketball team, a lacrosse team. Unfortunately, about half the girls on the team we are wearing knee braces because they've had ACL injuries. It's it's just unfortunately that's the way the human body's put together. I'm not sure what can be done to prevent it, but again, Dr. Marks did have some pretty good ideas in his book, and it's it's something that we really need to be aware of. Um, I wouldn't discourage your your daughters from playing these sports, but just be aware that this is a concern and it is a, it is something that we are uh, we, have to, we have to pay attention to. Hey Lou, thank you for the call. Let me I got to take hey, you a break. Yes, Lou. Uh, just one more thing.
7: Yeah. Uh, since I've been coaching uh, 25 years and over a uh, uh, college soccer, I yeah. found out that uh, dynamic stretching works better than static stretching, and if uh, the coaches use that a little bit more, dynamic stretching is a slow moving through motion and uh, increase heart rate, and uh, the static stretching is more dangerous because it's too long a period of time for uh, extended uh, uh, stretching and holding the stretch too long.
0: Got it. I just wanted well,
7: to make that point.
0: I'm glad you did. Thank you so much, Lou. Let me, let me take a break, uh, and of course, when we can return, I'll take your calls again at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. 337 6666 Ed Randall will be around at 9 o'clock this morning talking baseball with you. A lot of things going on in the world of baseball, obviously, this past few weeks. You know, I, you may have noted uh, just uh, in the headlines uh, yesterday, the day before, there are two teams, two Little League teams in Southern California, which have basically passed a, a new rule that uh, they're not going to allow any team to, in their leagues to be called the Astros because the parents in those towns uh, are basically, quote-unquote, disgusted with what's happening with Houston and their confessions of cheating in 2017. Uh, I, you know, On a personal note, I don't know what this house is all going to play out. Uh, I know Major League Baseball feels they like this to stop, stop and go away, but uh, this kind of fallout uh, is not good. Um, and it's going to be curious to see how uh, Major League Baseball tries to put an end to this and, and try to separate uh, what's happened with uh, the cheating that the Astros and the Red Sox were involved in. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a real concern. And I know that we've discussed this on the show in the past. I, I don't know how this is to be resolved. I do believe that you have to be proactive as a coach, as a parent, to sit down and talk to your youngsters and explain to them about, about uh, cheating and why it's not allowed and what why it's a problem and, and so on and so forth. Because if you don't, they're going to walk away and say, well, you know what, uh, the, the guys who were cheating at the big league level, uh, they got basically uh, fired for a year, but now they're going to be back into the game. And, and – I don't know if that's, that's the strong enough message. Uh, you know, this is, this is a real concern, as I said, of now filtering down to the Little League level. People are wondering what's, what's going on here. Um, okay, Let's, we're talking about, obviously, the show from last Thursday in sports parenting. I do want to remind you, by the way, friends, I always ask you to check out my website at AskCoachWolf.com. Uh, you can certainly uh, see what's going on in terms of the, the opinions that are posted there. And if you're interested, it you might come in to talk to your, your town, your community, your high school, your school district, about the issues in the world of sports parenting, and we know there's a lot of them. Uh, go there for more information as to how you can contact me, and we can arrange some. Something. and by the way, I do want to tell you we 're very close to the relaunch of the sports parenting edge it 's the revised and updated edition I plan on releasing that book as an ebook and as a print version as well and i 'll let you know when it 's available but it should be fairly soon uh, before we get back to the calls I, I want to talk to you about uh, Wayne Mazzoni he was also one of the guests on my show uh, on Thursday night and Wayne who was always so smart and so good when it comes to parents and recruiting. You know, he he made it very clear that first and foremost, that moms and dads really need to spend some time and become educated and to do their homework uh, when it comes to uh, their kids and, and looking at colleges, if they want to go on to play sports in college. And, and, you know, the fact is, you know, and it's really sort of basic but good solid advice and too few parents do this, Sit down with your son or daughter, ask if they do want to play sports in college, have them prepare a list of those colleges they're interested in, and then go on to the, the website for each school, and you'll find almost all these colleges that offer sports, whether it's lacrosse or it's, it's uh, softball, whatever my sport might be, they're going to have a camp where you, your youngster, can go for a weekend, get a chance to meet the coaches in person, spend time on the campus, look around, see their competition, and so on and so forth, and then the big question is, as a parent, is to ask the youngster, would you be happy on this college campus even if you did not play your sport there? Uh, yes, we know that it's easier than ever for kids to transfer from one college to the next, but it's such a hassle and it's full of uh, the other concerns as well but make sure your youngster gets out there and sees that college and spends some quality time there, talking to the players who play there then, uh, at the school now, talk to the coaches, look around, see the, 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 the campus, and make sure they get a real good feel as to whether or not they wanna, they wanna play there. Uh, Wayne's advice is good. Um, he also mentioned about the online recruiting services. He said, yeah, m- many of them are for free, some cost money, but he said, in you know, my experience, and Wayne's been a coach for a long time, he said, I'm not sure that's the way to go to market your son or daughter to colleges. The showcases are becoming the way to do that. Showcases, again, tend to be up and down in terms of their uh, ability to market your son or daughter. So once again, you got to educate yourselves as to which showcases are the best ones and which ones are, are worth the money. Uh, let's continue with our calls here. Let's go over to uh, to New Jersey, Saddle Brook. Uh, Bill, good morning. You're next up. On the fan. Good morning,
3: sir. How are you today? Good, Bill. How are you? Very good, and i got to thank you for your show. I've been a uh, lecturer on the uh, safety courses of youth sports and a parent of five athletes, and uh, been through the whole gamut, and everything you go over is uh, deeply appreciated and can't be talked about enough, so thank you.
0: Thank you, Bill. It's very nice to hear. Um, just want to get your opinion.
3: I'm a, uh, a chiropractic orthopedist in Silverbrook, and i um, I've been promoting a group of parents called Concerned Parents for Youth Athletes where they promote a structural biomechanical exam. One of these things that you showed up before in your program yep. is the incidence, the high incidence of female youth athletes in ACL injuries. A lot of that is due to an increased Q angle, which is an angle that goes from the um, femur down to the knee. And a lot of that is structural and biomechanical. And unfortunately today... That is never assessed in the exams that have been done by uh, school physicians for years. And all of us have had those and they're, they're, they're very inadequate in addressing the biomechanical instabilities and possible things that can be corrected in a youth athlete.
0: Bill, are you talking specifically about the knees or other other joints as well? Well, other
3: joints. Um, I've always gone over with parents doing some rehab myself and um, seeing the increased number of youth athletes in physical therapy centers with what I used to think as a practicing physician of 36 years yep. as um, Achilles tears, biceps tears, um, pec tears. I mean, things that are I never thought I would see in practice and see as helping out with youth sports in my own town and in my practice and physical therapy practices that I've had I'm just amazed, and I've actually committed my practice um, to educating parents and the kids on what you can do to strengthen and prevent some of these injuries.
0: Can can you give me an example of 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 more of the common concerns or issues you, you confront or talk about?
3: Well, if you start with the structure of a body and you start with um the 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 feet, and you start looking at uh, how kids wear their shoes and how that it, it, it's the old story of the, the ankle bones connected to the knee bone and going up yeah. it's what, what in in the field you call a kinetic chain yeah. so if you don't have proper mechanics starting at the foundation, and then on top of that you put overuse, repetitive motion um improper technique. Um, I, I've been there. I've had a kid that's gone to the national championship uh, football team, and I've just seen kids just train because now they and their parents have become obsessed. But it, it, you know, there's so many facets of it. I don't want to jump all over the place because yeah. I, I can go on and and um, you know, to me, it's just it's just something that has to be educated to parents at either coaches' nights or something, and just say, listen, have your kid checked. I mean, what I personally do. Is I offer, you know, I, I love to educate and speak. So, um, I offer, you know, workshops to parents. I've done the Rutgers safety course for 28 years as a volunteer. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they brought on concussions and things like that. There are so many injuries. And I always tell the youth coaches that never mind the physical injuries, the psychological injuries of building a kid's self-esteem or lack of building a kid's self-esteem is just, it's just mind-boggling.
0: Well, you know Bill, I agree with you of course and uh, and thank you so much for for checking in this morning i 'm glad to know you 're doing this and and uh, you know the fact is you mentioned not just the physical development but the psychological development as well this is if your youngster is serious about sports, the more that they can become educated about their body and the way they cope with uh, with ups and downs of sports, and obviously their parents as well. This is uh, extraordinarily valuable, Bill. Uh, what was, you have a website you want to put out there for people.
3: Um, I'm at uh, Dr. drthimmel. dot com.
0: Great, hey, Bill, thank you so much. I really appreciate the call, and thank
3: thank you. Your your work is just. I was so surprised to hear it on the other night, and excited. I was hoping it was going to be a regular thing before Steve Summers, but. Uh, God, it, was, it would be so much nicer. I've been telling the coaches about, you know, getting up early and listening to it because I've been doing it for years, and um, thank you again. I, I just well, hope it catches on.
0: Well, I, I, I'd love to do it. It was a lot of fun to put together, and it was great feedback as well. Hey, thank you, Bill. Appreciate it greatly.
3: All righty. Have a great day.
0: Take care. Let's, uh, let's go quickly over to Harlan in Melville. Hey, Harlan, uh, good morning. You're on the fan. You've got about two minutes here, friend.
5: All right, good morning. Um I, I just listen every Sunday morning and you just hit a chord when you're talking about showcases and injuries. I have two boys that one played baseball through high school, all through college, and a younger brother that played um football and ended up playing football in college as well. And first off, you know, in the high school level you have some coaches that become a little overzealous with um training and it's all for sometimes it's not in the kids' best interest. Uh for on football they used to have lift a thons yep. and they push the kids and, and they get injured. And my younger son ended up with back surgery after his sophomore season at college. And and the other side is you're talking about showcases and we found like my, my younger my older one played um travel ball and we were all over the country playing ball and the showcases showcases. It's the kids that the parents believe in the kids and they end up paying for these showcases and they're really just money makers for the organizers.
0: That's
2: correct.
5: Very very leery of the people that are putting on these showcases
0: I gotta tell you, and and I'm running up the clock here, but I couldn't agree more with your point about showcases, and, and thank you for your call this morning. I will tell you, this is what's to me. Showcases would fall under the domain of a commissioner of youth sports, where showcases are graded and ranked so that parents can go on like a Consumer Reports and say, this one is really worth going to, this one is not so much worth going to, because they are money makers. they are not in any way licensed or regulated by the government. You take your chances as a parent, uh, and it's really uh, you know, caveat emptor. But again, if there were some sort of federal commissioner who could oversee all these things, at least you have a better idea of what you're getting involved in. But I I I, I hear you loud and clear. Uh, and again, that's to me just makes all the sense in the world that we can have a situation, a website where you can say, okay, I, I want to have my kid go to these showcases. Uh which ones are the best ones to attend and what do they cost? As Harlan pointed out, if your kid's a superstar athlete, chances are he or she doesn't have to pay for a showcase. But everybody else does. How much much should you pay? Is it worth your time? Is it worth your while? How many coaches are going to be there from top colleges? Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Connor Green. Please stick around for Ed Randall. He is up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge.
2: How powerful is Cox Internet?